You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 156, and it's a prestigious Patreon poll winning episode. I feel like the thumbnail to all of our Patreon poll winner episodes should have like a special image on them. Like it should be like a player's choice or something. Remember like PS1 games? had that like the green spine when they were players choice or were the best sellers. But then I guess that like devalues them. Yeah. And I guess like our Patreon poll episodes are maybe our most valuable episodes because you guys sponsored the app. Ep- anyway, it doesn't fuck anyway. It doesn't matter. It's a Patreon poll winning episode. And we are talking Zelda two, the adventure of link for the NES. Uh, this one, our poll back in May. And I usually try to sneak the poll winner in the following month. I need time to actually play the game that wins the poll. Um, and I was planning to, to sneak Zelda 2 in for the last episode of June, but then the last episode of June was number 155, which is our revisited episode. Every 10 episodes, we revisit an old game, and I, I ran out of Wednesday. So here it is. Took a little longer than I planned, but here it is. 
Uh, I played Zelda 2 for the first time, really. I played it a little bit as a kid, but I never really put any serious effort into it. I really just sat down and played Zelda 2 for the first time. Uh, over the last couple of weeks on my Nintendo Switch, so did my guests this time around. I figured while we're talking the freak of the Zelda family, let's get the freak of the Remember the Game family in here. It's my good friend, Zelda junkie, and former Hall of Famer, Mark McHugh, who makes his triumphant return to the show. Uh, and we talk about, yeah, Zelda 2. Um, I'm very conflicted on this game, as you're going to hear this week. There's stuff about this game that I fucking love, and there's stuff about this game that I fucking hate and mark felt the same way and i feel gamers kind of as a whole feel that way there are people out there that adore this game there are people out there that hate this game it's not for everyone it's it's an acquired taste of sorts uh and we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of an acquired taste it's time for yet another edition of the remember the game infamous intro If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you very much for listening. Consider this your warning. Our intros have gotten fairly long. They're 35, 40 minutes, but, 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 but they're fun. It's lots of video game talk and stuff like that. It's not just boring rambling. Well, I mean, it's rambling, but it's not boring rambling. It's a good time. Some have said that they actually listen to the intro separately and then crush the the game chat portion of the show later. Kind of like a drive to work, a drive home. It's like a doggy bag at a restaurant. That's what our show is. Our podcast is the doggy bag of video game podcasts. That's a great way to sum up Remember the Game. Uh, and you know what? Speaking of it's we turned three years old this week. July 3rd was episode one back in 2018. And over the past three years, we've done 156 of these. We've done over 100 additional episodes between Game Patch, Expansion Pass, and The Rambling Idiot. We're at four weekly podcasts now, listeners all over the planet. For my money, we have the most positive gaming community on the internet and over a quarter of a million downloads. Not bad for a podcast that I infamously claim nobody would listen to when we started. So uh, thank you all so much. I'm happy you're here. I'm not, I mean, I guess I am bragging, but I'm proud. I'm proud of Remember the Game. So thank you. I say it all the time, but we are the weed in the retro gaming podcast garden. And we just keep fucking growing and we're going to take over the world soon. Uh, and if you want to make sure that we keep growing, maybe consider supporting us. You can. Uh, we have merchandise, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, tank tops, all rocking Remember the Game art drawn by my good man Joe over at 4545creative.com. And you can find our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com. That's all our merch is there. If you're interested, it's a great way to support the show. We have some fucking awesome new stuff coming down the pipe sooner rather than later as well it looks dope i've been kind of teasing it on instagram as has joe so you can find it there uh and of course you can always support us over on patreon we have well over 300 hot dogs doing just that it helps keeps the light helps keep the light ons around here the lights it helps it helps keep the lights on nailed it around here and you get a mountain of value for your two bucks it's it's, it's, that's all it is two dollars us per month you get two additional podcasts every week for that. It works out to like fucking 13 cents a podcast or something like, I don't know, maybe it's a little more than that. But it's not very much. It's very cheap. Uh, you get exclusive access to both my gaming news show Game Patch every Friday and my gaming discussion podcast Expansion Pass every Sunday, along with instant access to all the, the back catalog, literally 
dozens and dozens and dozens of previous bonus episodes. Uh, This past Sunday on Expansion Pass, I reviewed Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart for the PlayStation 5. It is a spoiler-free review. We did tack a short spoiler cast on at the end, but I warn you like 100 times before the spoilers start, so you can listen to it without worry if you have not played the game yet. And as is becoming tradition, here's a sneak peek of last Sunday's episode of Expansion Pass, my Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart review. We've talked so much. Here's my voice crack for the week. We've talked so much about how we need some next-gen exclusive games, about how it's awesome that they're taking all these PS5 games and putting them on PS4 so people can play them and Xbox and blah, blah. But I've, you know, we've literally, I feel like we talk about this every week. I want some games that are dedicated to next-gen so that I'm like, this is why I bought this fucking $600 white tower of plastic. It's because there's these certain games that the last-gen hardware just cannot run. And this is that. I think this might be the first true example of that. It's really hard to describe just how impressive and crazy jumping through these rifts and these dimensions, how that mechanic works without actually seeing it uh, first person. It's wild, man. You go into these like portals or tears in the air, whatever you want to call it. And it's just a seamless transition. No load times, not even a stutter, just nothing. Sometimes when you go through them, you go into another dimension entirely. And then when you turn around and look back through that rift, you can see the other level, like the other dimension in real time. So that was last Sunday's episode. And now for this weekend show, uh, I thought... I thought there's my voice crack for the week. Uh, I thought we could talk about maybe the rest of 2021. We, we, the first half admittedly was a little slow, but the second half is fucking stacked. I was looking at some of the games that I want to play between now and the end of the year. It's fucking wild. Uh, so I thought we could kind of, and I know maybe it's hard to keep track of all the release dates and stuff like that. So I thought we could look at what's, you know, tentatively coming between now and new year's Eve, talk about our most anticipated games, go through the month by month and, and stuff like that. I, it could be fun. We're at the halfway point of the year. So let's do something like that again two bucks gets you instant access to all those podcasts plus the new ones plus access to our discord the the chance to vote in our patreon poll every month the ability to submit comments for all of our podcasts you can dm with me and you get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like i'm about to do to most of these people a huge thank you to our newest patrons psycho mikey i am the mutt juga sony kid magazine joseph champetti Brian Sherborne and Adam Fisher. I feel like there's a chance I didn't mispronounce anything in there, but I probably did. Anyway, thank you very much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. Uh, oh yeah, and you can find me on Twitch. If you're interested, my schedule has basically non-existent at this point. I'm just on there when I can get on there. Uh, look for Member the Game over on Twitch, twitch.tv, member the game, Tetris Tuesday. Usually we play Tetris 99 on Tuesday and people are invited to play with me and you can come by and make fun of me or say hi or whatever you want. It's fun. So just all you gotta do is follow. It's completely free. You go to twitch.tv, search for member the game, hit follow. It'll tell you when I'm online and you can come by and give me a hard time if you want to do that. All right. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you blowing in the cartridge. It is our opening segment on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows. All right. He blows big time. That's it. honey. get into the spirit. All right, let's blow. And our our first blower this week is Thomas Simmons, 
who wrote in on Patreon and said, I just wanted to say I work in recycling and on a rare occasion I'll come across a functional disc game. The case is mutilated, but the game sometimes works. Last week I found TMNT for the PlayStation 2. It seems to be a 3D beat-em-up and I was wondering if you have played it or have any thoughts. It's crazy what people throw away, even crazier when it makes it all the way through the process to me and the game still works. That's fucking wild. Like, I, Why throw away a game? If you don't want it, donate it to like, that goes to everybody. If you don't want it and you can't sell it or you don't want to go through the hassle of selling it and GameStop has told you they'll give you four cents and you're like, I don't want your four fucking cents. Give it away. Dude, give it to Goodwill. Give it to just some kid. Fucking put it. Dude, if you post it for free, someone will come get it. You know, give it to someone that'll enjoy it. Why throw the game away? Um, to answer your question, Thomas, is it, I wonder, is it TMNT? Like, is that the name of the game and it's based on the movie, that computer animated CGI movie? Or is it uh, Ninja Turtles based on the 2003 cartoon? Because there's a few games from that cartoon on the PlayStation 2 as well. I've played one of the games based on the cartoon and it was it was fine. It was a beat-em-up. Uh, and I've also played the movie game, which I thought looked really cool. But I, I found it was like I played through it once and was like, all right, well, that was it was it was what it was. I like that movie though. I'm fucking. I really like that movie. Actually, we're yeah. I'm, we're gonna talk Ninja Turtles on uh, the Rambling Idiot this week, which is one of our that now. Admittedly, not to sneak in one last Patreon plug, but that one is exclusive to our five and ten dollar Patreons. Everything else is on the two dollar tier. Re- Game Patch Expansion Pass every week. Rambling Idiot is kind of an additional bump, and I talk about stuff that isn't video games. So we're gonna get into Ninja Turtles this week on the show. But yeah, so I played one of the cartoon games, and it was good. And then I did play the one based on the CGI movie, and it was okay. Certainly better than throwing it out. I don't know why anyone would throw a video game out. That seems maybe Echo the Dolphin. Maybe Echo the Dolphin. Anyway, um, Master Boyg wrote in and said, Since we're torturing ourselves watching this Montreal versus Tampa Bay Stanley Cup final, I figured I'd ask you a hockey video game question. I know you've covered hockey games as far back as the NES, but what is your top game? I started playing the EA ones with NHL 2000. The iconic NHL 94 came out when I was three, so it passed me by. But it all changed when I discovered the NHL Hits games for the PS2 generation. Have you played these? For my money, NHL Hits 2003 is the best hockey video game of all time. I still play it with my buddies to this day. I recently compared it to EA's NHL 2003, and it has way tighter controls. Comparing the fighting is absolutely hilarious. The franchise game tasks that are different in every match, like you must score a one-timer goal, do 10 successful deeds, etc. The RPG-style equipment is items that you assign to certain players, and the outrageous hits make this my favorite multiplayer game, or one of my favorite multiplayer games ever. Good luck to the Habs tonight. Now, Boyg sent that in before Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Final, where the Montreal Canadiens fucking won in overtime! So Game 5 is Wednesday night, not dead yet. Three wins away from the Stanley Cup. Um, yeah, I have played quite a few hockey. Hockey, like I don't play a lot of, I mean, I've gotten into baseball in my adult life and Madden, but I never really have gotten into anything basketball. I have played hockey since the NES, since Blades of Steel and Ice Hockey. Uh, what's my favorite hockey game? I'd have to think about that one for a while. I do, I do, I have played NHL Hits. NHL Hits is fucking awesome. Uh, I played a lot of NHL 2004, I think it was. I mean, I've played most of the NHL games. They're, they're good. Uh, Mutant League Hockey is fucking right there. Yeah, Mutant League Hockey, NHL Hits, NHL 2004, obviously NHL 94. I, li- I like NHL 96 and 97. Uh, I just, yeah, 
I, there's some bad. I, it'd be easier for me to tell you what my least favorite hockey games are, which is Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey on the N on the N64 and Brett Hall hockey 95 on the Super Nintendo, which I fucking owned and hated. But yeah, NHL hits was the, was the shit. I fuck. I wish they'd bring that franchise back. I can get on board with that. Um, we have two Simpsons references. People wrote in about the Simpsons, and well, I don't just read every Simpsons quote that gets sent in. Uh, these both made me laugh, so we're gonna sneak them in, and then we'll go back to video games. Uh, Troy. <laughs> wrote in and said, I'm glad the heat wave across Western Canada is coming to an end. I can finally take down the tent I put up in front of my fridge, put the frozen peas back in the freezer as well. That hot Texas-style ginger ale sure was refreshing. Uh, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, ah, it's fucking good stuff, Troy. Well done. And then they call me, bad, they call me Badger wrote in and said, what's one prank for you that has gone, quote, too far? For me, it has to be the old sugar me do. Uh, that sort of stuff, that sort of stuff will get your caricature removed from Mount Lushmore. Outstanding. Due to, oh, these two comments just sparked the embers of my long rumored Remember the Simpsons quote uh, podcast idea. The, that, that I've been, I fucking, oh God. Um, the So if you're not a Simpsons fan, look up Simpsons Heatwave and Homer Band from Moe's. And those two quotes will make sense. They're each only like a minute long great clips uh i love the snake in the cash register that they fucking hide a snake in his cash register they light mo on fire and those are all funny but then homer loosens the top on the sugar and gets thrown out of the bar for life it's good stuff good okay i sorry everyone i didn't mean to de- <laughs> i didn't mean to derail the show but i i'm such a sucker for random simpsons quotes we actually have a channel in our discord that's just dedicated to random simpsons quotes ah, i fucking love it good stuff badger good stuff troy and now back to the wall. Uh, Dan Taylor wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, how do you feel about artificial difficulty or difficulty in general in video games? I'm a self-proclaimed lover of hard games, but I think there's a definitely a distinct difference for how a challenge can be made fun. For example, I adore, I adore a challenging game such as Dark Souls, which is built around trial and error and getting better, or Super Meat Boy, as even though you die a lot, you restart instantly. But I find that if I play a game with difficulty settings on the hardest difficulty, I just find it frustrating and uninteresting. Do you think there could be potential problems in the future with games being hard for the sake of being hard and not actually designed with this difficulty in mind? Um, I mean, sure. I won't lie to you. I don't play. I like hard games as well, particularly your Celeste's, your uh, Super Meat Boys, The Messenger, stuff like that. Um, I feel like it's a little bit less of a problem now than it was back in the day because at least now it's optional like i don't play a lot of games set to the highest difficulty because i agree i just find it frustrating and i get pissed off and i'm like this sucks but like in the nes days and, and stuff like that there were a ton of games where that was the old, there was no difficulty settings it was there was one setting and that setting was bend over like that was the only way that you got to play those games was you just got fucking railed by them and at least now like you can choose to set them to normal i usually play on normal or hard I don't go up to like insanity or fucking whatever because I, I don't have the patience. I'll just get pissed off. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think, I, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that there's a potential problem with it because I think it's optional. You don't have to set it to the highest difficulty. And I do think there are certain games like Dark Souls, like Super Meat Boy that are designed specifically around being difficult, but the developers know that and have made the game work properly with it. Whereas like, yeah, retro games are the fucking problem, man. You go back and try to play some of those old games today and it's just 
there's no way around it. It's just there's only one option, and it's you'll fucking die. And then when you die, you have to start the whole fucking game over instead of going back to a checkpoint. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. That's my take. Is I actually feel like it's getting better. But for some reason, like, there's always gonna be like, and I love that, dude. I I wish like I've always said I wish Pokemon came with like a hard mode. You know, I know that Pokemon's not gonna be the most difficult game in the world, but I wish that you could set it to where opponents would play a little bit more. Um, like the computer controlled opponents, part of me will play a little bit more strategically and play to your weaknesses and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, at least I hope that it, it stays that way, but as long as they make it an option, then I'm all for it. Go as hard as you fucking dude. If you want to put in, there's some games where like, you can't die once. If you die once, you have to start the whole game over and the game is like 10, 15 hours long. I, I have no problem with that. As long as it's completely optional. You know, that's just me. Because I agree. I, I like difficulty as well, as long as it's difficulty done properly, which uh, which I feel like more more of the really difficult games these days do. So, um, and, oh, fuck. Go, <laughs> I know I rail on it a lot, but fuck, I hate that game. Go back and play Echo the Dolphin, and fuck it. There's your difficulty. Fuck. Oh, fuck that game. Fuck, I hate it so much. Uh, Sony Kid Magazine wrote it and said, I finally signed up for Patreon after listening for four months steady. Thank you, Sony Kid uh continue sony kid continues this is the most original and best retro game podcast around you inspired me and i even have my nine and seven year old listen to you in the car so i just (laughs) thank you sony kid i appreciate the support and i'm glad you're enjoying the show and good luck in your future endeavors uh i'm just gonna throw that disclaimer out one more time um i'm not gonna tell people not to let their kids listen several of you have written in and said you do listen to the show with your kids but I can't be held legally responsible should your kid go to school and say what they hear on the show and then get expelled. And instead of becoming the chief justice of the Supreme Court, they end up a washed up uh, dancer. Okay. And that's Simpsons reference. I'm not saying any of your kids are going to be exotic dancers. All right. The point being, I appreciate that. And shout out to any kids that are listening to this. Hi, you junior hot dogs. Thank you. Please don't say anything I say to your teachers or your parents or, well, I mean, you could probably say it to a couple of your friends, but that's it. All right. That's all. And, uh, thank you for showing respect to the old video games. Well, us old timers appreciate you. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, Dave McGee wrote in and said, with Sony's new acquisition of Housemark and Microsoft's most recent purchase of Nuance, are you concerned that more and more smaller independent companies are going to keep getting bought up, risking hurting the indie game market? I've just gotten into indie games within the past year or so, and I'm really enjoying it. I would hate to see this market take a hit. Um, no, I don't think so, Dave. I mean, who knows? We we've, We don't know. You know, I feel like we've talked about in the past how I think Game Pass is incredible and i think it's going to change video games forever i know there are other people that are concerned that maybe it's not good for the business and we won't know till five six ten years down the road you know until we see what the long-term effects of it are but i i mean um and i shout this i've shouted this podcast out before but i'm going to continue to do so uh last stand media which is colin moriarty formerly of ign and kind of funny they have an xbox podcast called defining duke and they did an episode where they interviewed a game developer and i can't remember the game developer's name but they're a smaller company from uh somewhere over in europe and uh they were talking about signing a deal with game pass and how they're bringing their games to game pass and and this isn't about game pass but the but the, but the point is he mentioned that with these big developers or part of me with these bigger publishers like a Microsoft or a Sony or even a Nintendo getting involved with these small, devo- these small developers, they usually foot the cost, the development cost of these indie games. And the developer that they were talking to revealed that like nine out of 10 
game developers don't even make their money back, which is why so many studios make one game or two games. Usually those crap games we always make fun of, and then you never hear from them again because they don't make any money. And so I think that this is great that a company like a Sony or a Microsoft is out buying up these small studios, assuming that they let them continue to be free and make the games that they want to make. That's taking some of the risk off of a company like a housemark and letting them take more more chances because they're they know that the check is going to be signed by a Sony in this case or by a Microsoft if you're a studio that's signed with Microsoft. So I I think that seeing some of these indie developers getting bought up could help the indie market because there's no more financial risk for them and they can do what they want to do without the worry that they're, you know, they have to to me, the, the, the genius of indie gaming is, is there's creative ideas and there's a little bit more originality and uh, ingenuity in, a, in indie games that you don't see in the big AAA games. Because if you're sinking eight or nine figures into a big AAA video game, you, it's really hard to just try something completely off the wall and different because if it doesn't hit, you know, you've lost tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars. When it's an indie game with a much smaller developmental the development budget, you can kind of take a few more chances because there's less risk if it doesn't work out. Having said that, if you're Housemark, for example, the developer of Eternal, who previously only made smaller games, they just signed with PlayStation. PlayStation bought them. And so if you're Housemark, you're like, well, now we don't have to worry about making sure that the lights will stay on if our next big chance fails because Sony is offering to take that risk. So I think this could be great for indie gaming, assuming companies like your Sony's and your Microsoft's keep their fingers out of the pool, out of the pie. If they just say, yo, you, we bought you to make what, what you make. We will foot the bill. We just want your game on our system. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it could be great for indie gaming to see them get a little bit of help. I'll be honest with you as a stand-up comedian. Um, it's hard. Because we don't have a guaranteed paycheck. We have to go out and find our paychecks. And certain comedians, you know, they sign with big national clubs or with certain bookers and certain agencies and stuff like that. And it takes a little bit of the pressure off of them because now they know their their rent is going to be paid every month. And that's how I feel it's going to go with these indie developers. With the caveat being much like a comedian that signs with an agent, you don't expect that agent to come in and be like, drop this joke, this joke, this joke. Start telling jokes about airplane food and Donald Trump, like the hacky stuff. If these bigger companies are buying up these small indie developers and telling them, yo, keep going crazy, we'll just foot the bill for you. That's great. If they buy them up and say, okay, welcome aboard, uh, drop this crazy, ingenuitive, fucking cra- tree simulation-y game, whatever it is you're making right now, and go work on some DLC for Call of Duty, um, then that's horrible. So it's potentially great and i think it's going to go in that way because i I mean like when xbox bought bethesda and zenimax they told them like they've said and i believe them many times they're like we we didn't we don't know how to make their games we didn't buy them to tell them how to make their games we bought them because we want their games and so hopefully that's what these developers are doing so i think it could be great for indie gaming quite frankly um and there's so many studios out there too that like for everyone that gets bought up there's 20 out there making games so i as an indie game like super fan i don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon i think this is great for them uh very long answer that didn't have to be close to that long finally one last letter before we move on and it's letter time it's letter time and andrew wright wrote in and said adam i gotta say i'm a little bummed out about the new mario golf game 
The ho-hum mechanics aside, I'm really disappointed Nintendo released what feels like a game that's halfway finished. The variety and character selection is solid, but when you think about all the different places Mario has been over the last 35 years, this game releases with only six courses? Imagine a golf game that featured courses based exclusively on Mario Odyssey. It would have been incredible. Obvious, great, obviously, it's great for Nintendo to say they're going to support this game down the line, but I can't help but feel like Nintendo is purposely withholding content for future release. We've already seen the new Donk City as, quote, additional content before we could even play the game. I know many of us who listen to Remember the Game are fans of Nintendo, but what are your thoughts about Nintendo taking this tactic with a game that they're releasing at full price? So... To talk about the new Donk thing and the courses, Nintendo has come out and said they're going to support Mario Golf Super Rush with more content down the road. To the best of my knowledge, and if I'm wrong, I'm trying to... I should have maybe Googled this before the podcast. Uh, Is that going to be free? Or is that going to be paid DLC? Yeah, so as revealed in Nintendo's E3 2021 Direct, Mario Golf Super Rush will get DLC in the form of free characters and courses added post-release. So I have a little bit less of a problem with them dropping as something like a new Donk City course when it's going to be free. That doesn't bother me quite as much as if they were to say like, oh, hey, here's six courses and we're going to take them to Hyrule and we're going to take them to, you know, Donkey Kong's Forest and here's New Donk City and there's going to be a Mario Kart course, but they're going to cost you $7 each. Like the fact that they're going to be free, I definitely have less of a problem. I do agree with you, Andrew, that I feel like this game was released before it was ready. It's it's polished. It works fine. I just think it's, it's boring, frankly. Um... I think Nintendo's got a glut of games coming out in the fall. And I think that they were like, we need to get this game out now so that we have something to kind of keep our switch above water over the summer and give people something to play. And so this new Donk City, which maybe was intended to be included with the game right off the gate, will just be given to you later. I, I, I don't know. I have no insider info. That's what I think they're doing. They might be released. Maybe they had intentions to release it later all along. And I know for a fact that there are companies that do this because it keeps you from selling the game. They're like, well, you won't get rid of it if we keep giving you more content. Having said that, I bought the game brand new the day it came out and I sold it about four days ago because I like, there's just nothing here. And so my, my problem is less with them including additional content later because it's free. I don't, have, I don't have as much of a problem with that. But I do feel like Nintendo has kind of gotten... I don't think lazy is the word. I think lazy is disrespectful because there's a lot of work put into this game, but they're really trying to, uh, I feel like they're really trying to appeal to everybody. And I get that there's 90 million switches out there. Players, you know, that are four or five years old, right up to fucking players in their seventies and eighties, I'm sure. And you want to appeal to everybody. And I get that. But like, I do feel like you're Nintendo's had a reputation forever of being like the, the kid system, being the kiddie system, right? And stuff like this doesn't help. And I've talked about this before. All the previous Mario Golf games, you tap A to get your meter, your power meter started. You tap A near the end of that power meter to tell them how hard you want to hit the ball. Then the meter comes back to where it started and you have to tap A and try to line the bar up with the exact point it started to hit your ball as accurately as possible. And the further you go to one side or the other of where the bar start, the bar started, the more you slice your ball to the left or the right or what have you. And in this case, you literally hit A to start it, hit A to stop it. And you can put backspin and front spin on it and stuff like that. But I feel like this is just another example of them dumbing down mechanics 
uh, for lack of a better term, to try to appeal to the masses. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Um, Mario Tennis Aces on the Switch. I thought, I, I thought the core gameplay of Mario Tennis Aces was was great, but uh, there wasn't a lot there, and I could never find a match online. So I was like, well, then there's no reason for me to fucking keep this. Um, that's my problem with Nintendo. Is I feel like they're Again, lazy is not the word, but I just feel like they're really just dumbing down their games to try to make them accessible to everyone. And and they're doing that, and I'm sure that they are accessible to everyone, but they're doing it at the price of losing some hardcore fans like myself who are just like, well, I don't, I, this is boring. I don't want to, like, this, this kind of sucks. So I don't have a problem with them adding content for free. Um, that doesn't bother me. And I know maybe I'm in the the wrong or not the wrong, um, in the minority there, but that doesn't bother me. But these watered down easy games are just, I, I mean, maybe this is what Nintendo is going to be moving forward. Like, I'll tell you like paper Mario last year, almost great. I fucking hated it because they, they got rid of the leveling system and experience points. And again, I'm, I'm positive. That's to try to make it accessible to more people. And I was like, well, this, you've made this too easy. Mario golf is too easy. It, it, but if they make them too difficult, then they're going to lose everyone that's, you know, too young or too old. And they're a business. I don't, I mean, we're going to do an episode of expansion pass soon about Nintendo. Um, <laughs> because I love them so much but sometimes they just make it so fucking hard to love them um so i guess i hope that answers your question andrew i I, yeah i feel like i'm kind of just going around in circles but uh if you haven't bought mario golf super rush yet just do your homework first read some reviews i don't think it's horrible but if you're going into it expecting mario golf from the gamecube or even mario golf from the 3ds you're not going to get it that's that's what i would say it's just you might be better off playing one of those old ones instead, all right? Except that they're not fucking available anywhere anymore because it's Nintendo, blah, 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 blah. All right, good enough. Thank you to everyone that wrote in this week. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Let's change things up and let's get into our smash hit segment. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us the theme music for the show. Uh, The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, they can remake one as a modern title, and the third game is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. And we'll get there in a minute, because a lot of you fucked up this week. I'm a little hot, and we're going to get there in a second. Uh, This week, as we were just talking about the letter time segment, Mario Golf Super Rush is on a lot of people's tongues. And it got me longing for the GameCube era of Mario Sports, where they were so good. So I picked three of the best. Our contenders this week are Mario Power Tennis, Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, and Super Mario Strikers, all for the Nintendo GameCube. And according to the poll, the runaway answer this week, I think with the biggest win ever, almost 45% of you voted to play Mario Golf, remake Mario Soccer, erase Mario Tennis. 45 
fucking percent of you erased Mario Power Tennis. Well, that means that a lot of you are on 45% of double secret fucking probation because you do not erase Mario Power Tennis. I adore that game. I'm fucking hot right now. I don't know if you all knew how much I love this game and thought it would be funny to just fuck with me or if you all genuinely just have no fucking taste, but that rattled me. I am not impressed with any of you, right? Well, at least not 45 fucking percent of you. Let's call out some of the wrong answers before I tell you the right answer. 45% erase Mario Power Tennis. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. A lot of you are on my shit list in fucking pen. Not even in pencil. It's, it's You're locked in. Go. Oh, fuck me. Makeshift Money wrote in. and so, This one makes me even angrier. It said play golf because it's aged the best of the three. Remake soccer because it has a better NES or because a better NES soccer game was possible. Erase tennis because super tennis exists as an S tier tennis experience. And I was like what the fuck are you talking about? But then Makeshift commented on his own post. It said I, I clearly didn't see the box art. It thought you meant the OG NES sports games. My decision still stands. That added comment by you that you were like, oh fuck, I could I could live with it if you were like erase tennis because Super Tennis is better, but then realize like, oh wait, it's about Mario Power Tennis for the GameCube, arguably the greatest tennis game ever. Uh, Super Tennis is still better. The fact that you realized you fucked up and then said your decision still stands means that my decision to put you on double secret probation still fucking stands. You psycho. Super Tennis is better than Mario Tennis. Oh. You fucking Saturnians are just... God, it fucking makes me so fucking angry. Sony Kid Magazine wrote in and said, Whoa, I'm dying to play this and you pick some great titles. I would play Mario Golf Toadstool Tour because I think it's the pinnacle of the Mario Golf franchise. I agree. I'd remake soccer because tennis hasn't explored soccer... or. I'd remake soccer, pardon me, because Nintendo hasn't explored soccer enough with the Mario franchise, and I thought that Strikers could have been much better. And I'd erase tennis for the simple fact that I feel like the Mario Tennis franchise has become stagnant. I play Mario Tennis Aces with the wife at least a few times a month, and it just doesn't feel as fun as the original was. You know why it doesn't feel as fun as the original was? Because the original was better, and you just fucking erased it, Sony kid! There's no logic to erase Mario Power Tennis! It's phenomenal. What are you guys doing? God fucking God. I am the mutt wrote in and said, as someone who did not play any of these since I never had a GameCube, I went straight from the Genesis and SNES to the PlayStation. I'll give it a try. I would play Mario Golf because I always enjoy the golf games, even if I never play the real thing. I would remake Mario Strikers because I could see where a Mario soccer game would be fun and I would like to try that. We have to delete Mario Tennis simply because I've played tennis on the Wii and I don't like it and it's the only game experience I have with a tennis game. So because you played shitty Wii Sports Tennis, you're going to erase the greatest tennis game of all time in Mario Power Tennis. 0 for 3, makeshift money, Sony Kid Magazine, I am the mutt. You, God, you all fucking, you guys, oh my God. This isn't fake. I love Mario Power Tennis. Holy Christ, I'm rattled. Dusty Salad wrote in. Admittedly, I might shrink your comment down a little bit here, Dusty Salad. To start, Dusty said, to start, I think Mario Superstar Baseball on the GameCube is the best sports game on the GameCube. I'll respectfully disagree. Although I did, I, I never got as into Mario Superstar Baseball, but it was 
Fair enough. It wasn't bad. It just, yeah, I didn't like it as much as the other three, but all right. Uh, Dusty Salad says, play golf. I believe Toadstool Tour is the best Mario golf game in the series. This was an easy pick up and play. I'm not a huge golf fan, but Toadstool Tour is a GameCube game that would always be in the rotation of multiplayer games at parties and events. All right, fair enough. I'm on board. Remake Strikers. Strikers on the GameCube, in my opinion, is better than the game on the Wii. I agree with that a million percent. Uh, and then Erase Mario Tennis. This was the sports game that was played the least amongst my family and group of friends. This was a more forgotten about game, and we always chose to play the other Mario sports games on the GameCube over this one. It's not a terrible entry into the series, but it's hard to stack up against the other games because it's... It's because it's fucking better than the other games. All of you uncultured swine don't understand what the fucking fine intricacies of Mario Power Tennis are. There was so much strategy in there. It was like playing chess, but with balls. And you all just... Oh, a couple more. I can't take this. White Burrow, thank Christ. Play tennis. It is a solid game with no problems and lots of content. Erase golf. The Nintendo 64 version is far superior in every way except graphically, and the Game Boy games are also better, so arguably it is at best third as far as Mario Golf games rank. Uh, I disagree with that, but fair enough. Remake Soccer, it is one of the most underrated games of all time, and the people that have not played it because it's soccer are missing out. I would say it's more like hockey than soccer because of all the body checking. Agreed on everything outside of, I don't, I think that Toadstool Tour is the best Mario Golf game, but all right, I, all right, you didn't make me angry, you didn't erase tennis, fine. And then finally, Lee Spilling, straight off the bat, I'm playing Mario Golf as it was the last good golf game that's not fucking true because let's be on oh no wait no wait because you're playing the one well, no, that's still okay lee spill i'm really fucking rattled over all the tennis eliminations lee spilling said straight off the bat i'm playing mario golf as it was the last good golf game nintendo related because let's be honest super mario golf or switch mario golf is pretty shit and boring now i do think the 3ds mario golf would have something to say about being the last good one but all right uh remake soccer that game was so much fun i used to love that game it needs a remake regardless agreed and then talk <sighs> toss out tennis tennis games are always shit house and this was no different take it away and fuck it off the end you can fuck it off lee spilling get on double secret probation with the rest of them i feel like i'm oh, you're all fucking <sighs> seriously if you've not oh my god it makes me so mad Mar <laughs> Mario Power Tennis is so good, you guys. It really is. Turn off the shitty power shots just to play strategic tennis. 25% of you had the right answer. It was the runner-up on the poll. Juga wrote in and said, with the right answer, play tennis. It's niche at best and better left as is. I don't think you could remake it and hit it big on profits. Remake Strikers. This game was hella fun back in the day. Switch graphics and a few quality of life changes would make this a triple A hit. Erase Golf at best. It's a half-hearted play on Hot Shots Golf, which was amazing back in the day. Um, poof. I mean... That's a hot take. I mean, I agree with your order. Play tennis, remake soccer, erase golf. I don't know if I would say it was a half-ass take on Hot Shots. It was certainly very Hot Shots. And I I would even listen to an argument that Hot Shots golf was better. But either way, you had the right answer. And for the record, before I tell you how my logic for this, I would love to remake all three of these games. Because I really do, really do love 
all three of these games. And I want all three of them as they exist, but with online. But I'll play by my own rules and play fair and square. I would play Mario Power Tennis, okay? Now, I would I was going to remake this game and just add online. But I actually like Mario Tennis Aces on the Switch when you turn off the power shots and you just play basic tennis with lob shots and drop shots and angle shots and and like there's a lot that's what i love about tennis is the fucking chess match that's there and the strategy that goes into it and a lot of the mario games the tennis plays great but when i owned it i could not find an online match anywhere without using the shitty power shots which ruins the entire game so i'm just not going to change mario power tennis i'm just going to leave it as it is i cannot wait to review that game on remember the game it's my most wanted gamecube game that i don't currently own my buddy chris um not the one that comes on the podcast, an old friend of mine, Chris. And I used to play it every morning before work. He would come to my apartment and I'd give him a lift to work. And every morning we would sit there and play a game of Mario Tennis. And I'm telling you guys, the the, the strategy that fits into that GameCube version of Mario Tennis when you just play straight tennis is second to none. I, It's incredible. So I'd play it and just leave it as it is because it's perfect. Uh, I would remake Super Mario Strikers because all of you that are showing, and I will say for as angry as I got about the Mario Tennis hate, I my heart was warmed by all of you showing love to Mario Strikers because Mario Soccer kicks ass. This franchise just seems to be forgotten about. If you added just online and let you play like 3v3 with your friends, God, it would be fun. Mario Strikers kicks ass. So I'd remake it and make another one. I would erase Mario Golf Toadstool Tour through no fault of its own. I love this game. But Mario Golf on the 3DS is awesome too. And Mario Soccer and Mario Tennis don't have that. So I can live without the GameCube version of Mario Golf because I'll play it on my 3DS and then I still have Soccer and Tennis. But it is great. Toadstool Tour is awesome. So thank you for everyone to everyone that played except for all of you psychos that erased Mario Power Tennis. We are officially enemies now. Oh boy. We're fu- oh fuck. I couldn't believe so many people hate on that game. It is so good. You're all fucking crazy. Ugh, what have I been playing? And then we'll talk Zelda 2. Uh, I'm, just, I'm back to Returnal. Once I finished Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and I finished the Final Fantasy VII DLC, I'm back into Returnal. I truly, the more I play that game, the more I love it. And I'm very close to finishing it. And I can't spoil anything about, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, it's, I've been playing it for a long time. I love it. I Every time I sit down and play it, I have a good time. I adore that video game. Uh, I also played through Jet Set Radio. Um, I played it on Steam, but it is the Dreamcast game as it won June's Patreon poll. And the episode about it might even be live next week. If not, it'll be the week after. I think it'll be next week, though. That's coming. Um, and I'm going back to playing Slay the Spire a little bit. Just while I've been watching baseball, I play Slay the Spire. I, God, I love that game. Uh, I'm trying really hard to knock some retro games off my backlog over the summer before all the new games drop in the fall. I have a list of games that I want to cover on the show that I just haven't played. Uh, and I am slowly working through that. And I don't want to say what the games are because I'd rather just surprise people with episodes. But a lot of them are games that we have talked about in the community in the past that I know people are interested in. And I'm slowly working my way through them so that we can record some episodes about it. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's about all I've been playing. Uh, let's get into Zelda 2. Uh, the Adventure of Link for the NES. That is our focus point this week. As always, I like to let a few of you share your thoughts on the game before my guest and I ramble for an hour or so. I'm going to try to sneak a whole bunch in here because there's some pretty passionate takes this time. And I, I'm going to kind of rip through a bunch of these. Emily, hang on, I got a drink of water here. All right. Emily Luna 
wrote in and said, Ah, Zelda 2. For as much as people malign this game for its vast departure from the first, I feel that it's exactly why it should be celebrated. It was a bold move and a great example of taking a risk and going a different path to potentially deliver a fresh new experience. And really, isn't that exactly what we want as gamers? Here's to you, Adventure of Link. It's a fair point. And, like, and that's why it's so divisive, is because they tried something so off script after the first game. Uh, and some people love it and some people hate it, you know, but uh, a lot of these comments, I didn't realize how many people really, really like this game, to be honest with you. Darth Obvious wrote in and said, Zelda 2 was actually the first Zelda that I played. I didn't know there were two games yet, and it was the one my mom grabbed from Blockbuster. It's the first game I remember renting. I even like it more than Zelda 1. I've never understood the hate this game gets versus other Zelda games. Yes, it's different, but so were the sequels to Mario and Castlevania. It took the good parts of the first game, like the exploration, and used the side-scrolling parts to improve the combat, which was the weakest part of the first game. Admittedly, it is a hard game. I never beat it until the Zelda collection on GameCube and the problems were, were common of games of the time and the things that really stand out now. Trying to get to the Great Palace is tough and if you didn't restart there once you got there, the game would be unbearable. It, it like... I mean, I agree with almost everything you said. It's funny, though, because like Mario went different with their sequel and it was awesome. Castlevania went different with Castlevania 2 and it was fucking horrendous. So it can go either way. But I respect when they take chances like this. Uh, and you got to remember, Zelda 2 comes at a time when we weren't used to annualized series or franchises where every game seemed to be the same as the previous game. So this... This was a wild idea. David Phillips wrote in and said, I got this game during the GameCube era when I had the money to go back and get the games I wanted but didn't own growing up. I always liked this one, but it was quite different than what I had expected. I think this one, more than any other Zelda game, could use a remake overhaul. David, I agree with you a billion percent. I believe it's something we bring up in the podcast this week. I would love to see this fucking game remade. Um, Astro Alpica wrote in and said, I first played this on the Zelda compilation disc sold on the GameCube, I had no idea what to think of this game when I first played it. From I am error to the, I love that, to the weird laughter you heard when you died, it just did not feel like a Zelda game. That said, I admire Nintendo for trying something new after their first game, and had it not been for Zelda 2, The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past would have never been as good as it was. This game is a good example of how you should never give up when a hobby, career, or project flops, but instead learn from your mistakes and try and try again. That's a good point, Astro. Because you're right. Like, they could have... I mean, Shigeru Miyamoto has come out and said that he's not... He doesn't like this game. He's not proud of this game. So, yeah, you're right. Like, they, they could have just dropped the Zelda franchise at that point. But then they came back with Link's Awakening and Link to the Past and ripped it up. And then finally, Michael Mathis wrote in and said, Personally speaking, I love this game. I think it's better than the original Legend of Zelda. It introduced new mechanics, more of a story mode with interactive civilians you could talk to. I love the combat in it and the ruthlessness it can have at times. It's just a great, solid NES game that deserves more love. I will say, I don't adore this game, but I, do think it, I, I don't think it deserves the shit that it takes. Um, in 156 episodes... I've never been more conflicted on my opinion of a game than I am with this one. And you're going to hear all about that right now with Mark McHugh and I. I am going to queue up some Zelda 2 music. And we are going to talk all about Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, the freak of the Zelda family, which originally released on the NES at some point that I don't know because in my notes I forgot to look up the release date. So that's the quality podcasting you get here to remember the game. God damn it. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Thank you. 
If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone, like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac, and every 15 minutes on the clock, they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a CrashPlan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Okay, so joining me via the blank phone this week is, uh, he needs no introduction, but he's going to get one purely on the simple fact that I love saying that he's a former Hall of Famer. And that is uh, the one and only former Hall of Famer of Remember the Game Industries, my buddy Mark McHugh. How's it hanging, pal? I, I got to say, Adam, like I'm, I'm taking you out of my Hall of Fame for, ma- for making me do this game. <laughs> the Mark for Mc- making me play Zelda 2. The Mark McHugh Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you're out of my Hall of Fame, Adam. Now, does it make me a cunt for laughing at the Mark McHugh Hall of Fame when my Hall of Fame <laughs> is a made-up <laughs> Hall of Fame about a video game podcast? Perhaps, but it's like, ah, I think that's fine. I can live. I know. I what? like how my Hall of Fame is only a little bit more made up than yours. Yeah, exactly. I love every person on the planet should have their own personal made up Hall of Fame. Maybe we should start a business. You know how they have businesses where you can like, uh, fuck, what's it called? That one where you can look up your heritage, uh, ancestry.com and stuff like that. We should start a, a website called like myhalloffame.com. And it's like Facebook and stuff, but the only people that are allowed to post in it are people you've designated as Hall of Famers. I feel like that's a great idea. I feel like that's a great idea for like 2002. Yeah, fuck yeah. Well, you know what, Mark? In my mind, sometimes it is still 2002. Because (laughs) those were simpler times. My back didn't hurt. My hair was all one color. I didn't get heartburn from drinking water. And I hadn't put a lot of time into playing Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link. That was a fucking segue 
That was money in the bank. Come on. That was, that was very impressive. Fuck yeah. Okay. We're talking Zelda 2, The Adventure Link. All right. Now, this thing, for just for the record, I would have already explained this in the intro, but I got to set the groundwork again. This thing won our Patreon poll uh, last month. I, it, this may not go live until early July, but I want you all to know it is mid-June as we're recording this. For the right, Mark, you can, you can vouch, right? Mid-June. Yes. I got it in the month after it won our Patreon poll. Um, this is like, how the fuck, like, is the redheaded stepchild of the Zelda family even an accurate enough description for what an odd game this is in like the angles? I mean, of- like all of the Zelda games are kind of like, what a weird game. Like if you look like the best Zelda games are weird, like Majora's Mask, that's a weird fucking game, but it's great. Right. Or like well, Twilight no, Wind no. Waker is a weird game. Okay. I'll give you Wind Waker. Majora's Mask. the context of the franchise. Majora's Mask could sit on a cactus, but I'll get on board with Wind Waker. Fair, okay. Dude, one day we're going to do an episode about Wind, about Majora's Mask, That's and it's ne- going to be seven hours long. Never have. I refuse. That game is banned. <laughs> that game is banned from... I, anyway. So, I listen, think I'm going to talk no, you know what? It. You had to fucking say that. And now, not only am I going to get all the fucking Zelda fans coming at me because we have some critical things to say about the adventure of Link, now the fucking Majora Mask freaks are going to come out of the woods with their fucking little purple bug eye masks and be like, okay, you well, just don't understand. In that case, Here we I, go. I need to make it absolutely clear then that, yes, I am going to be shitting on Zelda 2 here, but I also want to point out that I'm the one that pointed out that Majora's Mask is great. Thank so you. I strongly get half the amount of hate that Adam gets. Yeah. He hates both. No, no, here's the thing. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and defend the Zelda 2, the Adventure Link. I'm not going to sit here and be like, this is a good gate. Well, I, here's the thing, Mark, and I, I can't figure I wasn't sure how I was going to, Zelda 2 is too bad to be a good game, but it's too good to be bad. There are things I, about this game that I really, really like. And then it gets There's offset so much by these. Care and des- there was so much care in the design of this game, but then the gameplay itself is not fun. It's you know like have you ever seen you know like the 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 like the diagrams people do where they have the two circles and there's like that small little area of overlap, and that's yeah the Venn diagram. Oh, I didn't know what's it called. It's called the Venn diagram. Venn. Yeah, V-E-N-N, I think it's spelled. Oh, shit, I learned something. Oh, I'm going to fucking... People are going to be like, I can't believe Adam didn't know what a Venn diagram was. Uh, yeah, I can't believe like, all you do. They probably don't know something that they say that other people would regard yeah, as basic. The same Fuck people up. that knew that that was called a Venn diagram are the people that fucking like Majora's Mask. And I don't want to be friends yeah. with either of you. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, okay, I don't want to do Majora's Mask today. I don't, I don't want to do that. But this is this game is a Venn diagram, and on the one circle, it's superly overcomplicated, difficult game that just fucks you in the ass every chance it gets. But then on the other circle, it's incredibly creative game with a lot of really cool ideas that might have been a little bit ahead of its time. And when you put those two circles over each other, right dead center in the middle, you get Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link and a little bit of Bart versus the Space Mutants. It is just you know what a, you know what other game in the series is a lot like that, where it's like the gameplay is annoying and difficult, but like such a well polished game is Skyward Sword. 
which I think is a fantastic game, but like the gameplay is a little bit wonky, but there's going to be a remake of that coming out this month. So we'll see if they fix that, but Zelda two, they've never been able to fix. No. And it just like, so I can't imagine there's anyone listening to this that has not at least seen screenshots of Zelda two. But if you haven't just to quickly give you the lay of the land, this was the sequel to the original legend of Zelda on the NES and the original legend of Zelda is, you know, one of the all time greats and blah. And I love that game and all that good stuff. Zelda two got really funky and then they clearly decided that this didn't work. And then they went back to a game like the original legend of Zelda with link to the past on the super Nintendo, which is still from one of the best best games of all time. I still think it's the best Zelda game, but that's a whole different argument. Zelda 2 is like a fucking side-scrolling action RPG with experience points and magic spells. And and it's like, I see what they were going for. I think that what they thought is that if they had did it like a side-scroll perspective for like combat and stuff like that, it would you would be able to be in closer contact with the monsters and the fight, the one-on-one fights would feel a bit more intimate. And that's kind of what they're going for here with all of these complicated sword battles. But then it just ends up being obnoxious more than fun. Yeah, like, because here's the thing is I know there's a vocal, I don't even know if I want to say minority. I, I think it's fairly split down the middle. There's a lot of people at least in the remember the game community that really like this game. And I remember playing this game as a kid, like in, in bits and spurts. And I, I mean, you would have you, this is like, I'll tell you all, I will fucking, I will put it on the record on the internet where it can never go away. Nobody is picking up the legend of the Zelda to the adventure of link part. I keep wanting to call it the adventure. The, the, anyway, no one is picking up Zelda to the adventure of link. And beating it the first time they play it. Nobody is doing that. Maybe maybe there's fucking nerds out there that have gotten good enough at it that they can do it. But like if you're a kid and you rented this for the weekend and you played it, you know, for a couple of days and shit like, no, no, no. Especially back in the old days with all the Internet helping you find stuff. You're not beating this. This You're not beating this game. It is. It is. No, absolutely not. I, I to to a limited limited extent i feel like this was the first dark souls game because it is so hard and you slowly get better and you slowly figure out what you got to do to take out certain enemies and it punishes you when you die and then you got to play back through all the fucking shit you just did over and over and over again and i truly feel like maybe that's a good way to describe this game is it's like nes dark souls because this it's game like the fucks biggest, you like- over it's the biggest, like, it's the thing that's aged the worst about, like, old games. Because old games were made artificially long by being difficult. So you would have to learn a set of patterns. Right. And you'd have to, like, play the game over and over and over again to learn what you're supposed to do. And so, then, like, and so, like, Legend of Zelda was what? But now games have realized, like, you see games that can be difficult but still fun. Games like Celeste understand that doing the same thing over and over again isn't fun right yeah yeah oh god i love celeste so games are a lot more liberal with checkpoints now which some people argue is a bad thing but it's like okay i we've got to like we have work to be in in the morning like yeah now i will I hate say it when games don't respect your time but now i will say because like i I know if I sit here and just criticize this game for being too hard, I'm going to have people coming out saying get good. And the thing is, is like, 
every time, <laughs> not every time, I had a few sessions where I would sit down to play this and I would just die over and over and over and over. And I would just, I would feel the fucking old angry Adam, like the Incredible Hulk, angry Adam, fucking eyes start twitching and the muscles start. Well, they don't, I don't have muscles, but if I had muscles, they start popping and I can feel the rage. But then I would beat the part that was killing me over and over and over again. And then I would feel like a fucking pimp i'd be like ah there we go and then i would play along to the next part where i would get stuck over and over and over again and a couple of saving graces for this game are one i agree with you that like a lot of games from the nes era were designed to be hard just to artificially uh, enhance the length of them i agree with that 100 this game though number one if you take the time to learn the patterns of enemies it does become infinitely more beatable because the enemies don't change. Very rarely do the enemies become like Hammer Brothers. I know there's the one enemy in this game that's a lot like the Hammer Brother that just throws the shit up in the air. But like, well, but even then, it's you just have to find like a space under yeah, the arc. Like it's like this game. If you ha- if you're willing to put in the time and the practice, this you can beat this game. Like the enemies become beatable. The other thing that I'll both it's so funny because to me a great thing about this game is that when you die, it says game over, but like your progress, other than experience points, that if you didn't cash in your experience points, they go to waste, but we'll get there in a minute. But like if you go get an, like say you fight your way through a dungeon and you get like um, the the raft. I'm just pulling an item out of my ass, but you get the raft. Uh, and then you die trying to get out of the dungeon. You go back to start, but you have the raft. And so I'm like, all right, so at least you're throwing me a little bit of a bone there that you're like, as long as you can get to whatever you're trying to get to in that item, or if you're trying to, you know, if you, if you pick up a certain item or do something, that will carry over. And it's like, oh, okay, right on. Well, thank you. But they're like, oh, it's like the monkey's paw on The Simpsons where they give you something good, but then they fuck you at the same time. And they're like, we'll let you keep the item that you earned, but you're hoofing it all the way back to start. And until you have the ability to blow up the boulders on that path, to fucking take that shortcut through you have to go up over to the left through that fucking cave back down through the forest every fucking time and it was like i have a legitimate question about this game and i want to know if anybody has the answer can anybody name one single thing that including the live system in this game added to it like what was accomplished by using the life system because it didn't make the game like it made the game infinitely more frustrating. Like because so, yeah, sorry, you would just, be punished just, for losing, but like you would have to go all the way back, and you wouldn't. You would just have to walk to where you just were again, and that isn't fun because you've already done that over and over again. Now, because I agree with you. Um, having said that, listen, you guys know that like I, I, it takes a lot to get me to criticize my beloved Mario. But I feel the same way about Mario games. Like, in today's day and age, I'm like, lives have become pointless. Like, just let us keep playing. Let us keep playing. Now, I will say, and that's one of the hardest things about this game, particularly with the Patreon poll winners, is I try so hard to set myself at the era the game came out. And I'm like, was this the norm back then? Or did this game just forget? Because, like, it was somewhat of the norm back then to have lives. It kind of, but I agree with you. I, and here's the kicker. And this is where I think that's a valid criticism. Zelda one, you fucking died. And then it said game over. And then you started over about the beginning of the dungeon or whatever you were in. So they had done this. They knew what, what worked. Yeah. Do you so know what I, don't I mean? know why they regressed so hard here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, at least I want to say that you started over the dungeon you were in when you died. Maybe you I no, feel I you like, I feel like the live session, the live, uh, like, the life system 
never should have carried over to home consoles because that's left over from like, oh, you would go play a game at the arcade and you'd get three lives for a quarter. Right, yeah, yeah. Now, like, at the arcade, that makes sense. It's like you get to try this game three times for a quarter. If you lose, you put in another quarter and you keep going. Okay, that makes sense. Right. But for the home console, it's like, I can't think of a single game in which the live system enhanced the gameplay instead rather than took away from it yeah i can get on board with that and it was frustrating to me and like i said i I feel like it's a legit criticism because in this series they had already been like oh look we know that you're not gonna want to do this although i guess you could argue in the first yeah because that's what we're doing the first game if you died in a dungeon you went back to the beginning of the dungeon but like you only had part of your health and you had to go out like if you had a potion you fucking lost it and that was that was kind of a pain in the ass too. Uh, but I agree. And like the way that it fucking warps you all the way back to start. And then you got to hoof your way all the way around again. And listen, for all of you that do really like this game, I can't speak on behalf of Mark, but I am going to come to your game's defense a little bit when we're done shitting on it. Because there is some stuff with this game that I think is awesome. Awesome. And so there is some stuff I'm going to defend. But I, I, dude, I can't agree with you more. Like the fucking tediousness. And the thing is, is like when I play one of these old games, I try not to use save states. Sometimes I do. Looking at you, fucking. Oh uh, yeah, dude. I like. I'll be honest. I save stated my like. I save stated the whole way. Like I played halfway through this game. I'll be totally honest because like I got halfway through and I was like, "Fuck this!" Right. Like I wasn't having anything that resembled fun at that point. So I'm like, I I'm not gonna finish this. Well, like what frustrated me about it more than anything, it like the the difficulty frustrated me, but I was like, I can. If that had been the only big issue, I think for the most part, I probably could have gotten over it. But the other problem with it, and the original Legend of Zelda had this problem too, and I love that game, is just like there's certain things where you're like, how the fuck did anyone figure this out without like a guide or something? And the thing is, is I know some of you, because every time we talk about a game like this, I get messages from three or four people that are like, I figured it out as a kid. I figured it out as a kid. Sure, because as a kid, you had nothing else to do and you had nothing else to play. But the and thing you is, could just go bomb every single bush right, and tree exactly. and rock. I got to a point very, I think I'm fairly close to the end of the game where, uh, fuck, what was it? Because I never beat the game either. Because um, same thing, I just was like getting so frustrated with it. And I was like, fuck, I just, like I was missing, uh, I think I was missing some stuff that would increase my magic meter. I think is what it was. And then this old guy was like, I had to go back and find one and I had no idea where it was and I didn't want to look it up. And then it was like, I couldn't walk on the map for more than three seconds without people jumping out at me. And I know you can stay on the path because then they won't attack you. But I was just like, fuck, I'm just, I fucking have had enough of this. Like, it's just, it's I'll tell you, Mark, there's not a, there's not a game. I don't know if I've played a game on the NES period that I want to see remade and tried again more than this game. Because I really, really wanted to love this game, but every I time I would be I was, open to seeing what, like if they remade this, I would be open to see what they did with it. Right, because every time I fucking tried something, and I would get, oh my god, I fucking would die, or I'd fucking die, and I'd fucking die, and I'd get so fucking angry, and then I, and then I, I so finally I was like, you know what? I've played a lot of video games in my life. I've played RPGs. I know that sometimes the key is to do some grinding. And so I'll tell you, Mark, I put on some podcasts, I listen to podcasts, and I fucking grinded. And and I grinded. Because I and I, and now we're gonna get let's get into the experience system. Cause I love the idea 
of an experience system in one of these games where you could level up your magic, level up your attack, or level up your health. I'm totally well, on and that board was like that. the popular system in RPGs at the time. Yeah. Like we started seeing that with like I think was this before or after Final Fantasy? Do you know? Uh, I would guess I think before, but don't quote me on that. But I think it was before. Okay. Um, but like, but either way, I, I, I li- like. I'll tell you, man. I fucking grind, and I'll tell you all right now. If you have never played this game, once you find a like, okay. So quickly to explain how the experience points work is, you can level up any of your three stats, okay. And it starts out like I, I'm, and I don't remember the exact number, but say you need fifty experience points to to gain a level. And so once you collect fifty experience points from killing enemies or picking them up on the ground. Um, then it lets you choose. Do you want to upgrade your health? Do you want to upgrade your magic? Or do you want to upgrade your, your weapon damage? But then every time you upgrade them, they get more expensive to upgrade and the cost of getting to the, the next, the, the next upgrade goes up. And after a little while, you've played the game so much that like, it takes say 2000 experience points for you to, to buy one of the more expensive near the end of the game upgrades. It takes a long time to come up with 2,000 experience points. And your experience points carry over from death to death, but only like from life to life within a, the same playthrough. But once you die three times and you get a game over and you get warped back to start, all the experience points you had were fucking gone. And so it, in, in, a, in a small way, it played like a roguelike in the sense of like, I was say I had like a thousand of the two thousand experience points I needed, and I was I had one, I had one life left or two lives left. Now I have to decide: Am I gonna try to make some progress in this game, or am I just gonna camp out near a village where I can keep refilling my health and grind up that extra thousand experience points to level up whatever ability I want to level up next? Because I'll tell you, Mark, it is. Um, I think I got further in the game than you. It makes a fucking world of a difference. To level up some of your gear, particularly oh, you got you sword. put way more into. I would have like, <laughs> I was not willing to give this game like time <laughs> to grind. Why I well, because like the thing was like I would what I would do is find an area where there were enemies that would drop enough experience points to take at least a reasonable chunk out of how many I like near the end of the game, you need like four or 5,000 experience points, maybe even more to upgrade a place. So what I would do is there was like this one village, um, on the other side of one of those broken rocks. And if you don't know, you can go into a village and then talk to a lady and get your health and magic refilled anytime you want. And like the jokes have all been made, but a rather attractive. Yeah. yeah, Like what did she do in there? Yeah. Yeah, Of course we all know that they just had something to eat and link had a nap and he was fine. Like it's, we all know that's what happened. But anyway, so I would hang out outside of one of those villages and I, and I found one where if I, cause like when you're on the overworld, if you're walking at random times, small enemies and, and bigger enemies show up and move around in random directions too. And if you bump into a small enemy, then it takes you into a combat screen. That's a little bit easier. If you bump into a big enemy, it takes you to a combat screen. That's a little bit more hectic, but obviously there's more experience points there. And so I found one where I had to kill. There was only four bad guys I had to kill on the harder of the two enemies you would bump into. And those four enemies were worth like 200 experience points. Plus sometimes they would drop little bags of experience points. And then at any time I could just pop into the village, refill my stats and then head back out. And so I just hung out there and grinded my way up to be maxed out. And once you were maxed out, 
Then I wasn't dying as often from the difficulty of the game. I was just getting stuck because I was I was missing like one item. You have to go into this like forest and find this hidden village that I don't have the fuck anyone would find it. Then I get in there and then it turns out I don't have all these power ups for my magic. So now I have to go back. Oh yeah, dude. The like I have no it. idea how people figured this like this game out. It is so vague what you're supposed to do at any given time yeah. that like I'm not gonna lie. I saved stated my way through it. I looked up what I was supposed to do on the internet. I did not play the way that I they intended us to play this game. Right. Yeah, I just, like... My patience with, with this game is, like, did you ever see Trains, Planes, and Automobiles? No, I didn't. I'm Steve Martin in that movie. <laughs> oh. Does he get mad? It, the whole movie is, like, him and John Candy, and John Candy is, like, an annoying dude who, like has a bunch of rude habits and Steve Martin just has no patience for it. Oh, okay. Oh, now fuck. See, now I'm going to get yelled at for Majora's Mask, Adventure of Link, and that I haven't seen Plane Trains. Just fucking add okay, it to the Okay, but here's the thing. This, the Come podcast is not called Remember the Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. No. So, like... That would be a... That, I don't know if that would be a good podcast. I have to see the movie before I can decide if that'd be a good movie <laughs> or not. But, uh... It's, it's not just, a good weekly podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fuck. Like, you're talking about the same movie every week. Oh, like just scene by scene, line by line. Okay, on today's Actually, episode... Now that I think about it, this might be a great idea. Oh, Christ. I'm never coming on that show. Um, <laughs> maybe Ninja Turtle, maybe. Anyway, okay. Back to Zelda. So, like, I try to put myself in that era because, like, I think it's a legitimate criticism to throw the original Legend of Zelda that there's some stuff in there that it's like, how the fuck would you have ever found this without a walkthrough as well? But I really, really like that game. So I'm, I'm hesitant to shit on this game because of it. Having said that, I found the original Legend of Zelda far more, uh, frankly, more fun to explore than Zelda 2. And you know what? Like, I'm the, like, I'm the biggest Zelda fan. I, like, I crazy about this in the game but from or for, for the series but zelda one and two don't do anything for me see but like because you did but you didn't really because i didn't really play them that much growing up either but you didn't play mm-hmm. them that much growing up right like you probably my started. first zelda was linked to the past me too so that's yeah. the one that lives inside me so it's hard because they're like of course they're gonna be less they're, they're gonna be subpar compared to link to the past but i i can still yeah. i can still play the first one like to me outside of the like we've we've i think we've talked at nauseum about how frustrating it is to die and start over and i'll tell you man when you're fucking really close to leveling up near the end of the game and then you fucking die and have to start over that was where save states and the rewind function came into play and i would and frankly and i hate doing this but frankly it's like blaster master i would recommend Pardon me. I would recommend to people that want it that are thinking about trying it. I'm, I personally think this game is worth playing, but use use something with save states. It's just you're not. It's not gonna. You're not gonna have as much fun playing it for the first time. If you played it a lot as a kid and you know it like the back of your hand and you know where to go, then maybe. But I, I don't think it'd be as fun without save states. Um, the other criticism I had was like I was saying in the original Legend of Zelda, like you you know like for anyone that's ever played it, you go from like grid to grid to grid to grid like on the map and it every time you walk off the screen the screen shifts to the whatever direction you're walking and then it loads up the new enemies in this game you have like an overworld that moves really smooth and doesn't have a lot of load screens but these enemies are just constantly popping up and they can be really hard to avoid because they're moving at random and if you stay on the path they don't come up but you can't always stay on the path and you can't you can't not grind or you'll never beat this game but then you got to go into these fucking combat scenes and the combat is just so repetitive mar it's so fuck and it got it went from like it was fun for a minute but it's like it gets to the point where 
it, it takes you two minutes, unless you want to just run through the screen and get off the screen. If you actually want to fight the enemies and try to get the experience points, keep leveling up, like it can take you a minute or so to fight your way through these. And it's over and over and over and over. And it just got to the point where I was like, this is, I'm not having fun anymore. Like there's no, yeah. there no, wasn't that's enough exactly variety, it. you know? Oh. This is exactly it. Like I, I don't, I know that there are a lot of people out there that love the Dark Souls games, but like that's not like I don't, I don't like playing games where I have to like hit my head on the on a wall for four hours to get past one part. Yeah, I like I've made some my... people love that, and if you love that, then yeah, you probably dig this game. But that, sure, that's not how I like to play. Quite frankly, I would go as far as to say if you do like the Dark Souls games give this a shot because I feel like it isn't NES Dark Souls game. But I've made that abundantly clear as well. I, I I respect what the Dark Souls games do and in small doses I enjoy them, but I don't have the patience to fucking play them over and over again. And this plays a lot like a Dark Souls game. And I will say, because listen, it's not all bad. I have some stuff about this game that I really like that I would like to fucking go to bat for and kind of stick up for for it. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I really want to shit on. I find it, I know that it's like, classic nes snes genesis like classic art like retro gaming rpg to go into a village and talk to everybody but i did find it a little bit annoying that the village was like two sometimes they'd be two or three fucking panels long and then some of the enemies some of the people you talk to would just turn out to be enemies and they'd fucking hurt you and the thing is is like you're so much more powerful in this game when you're fully when your health is full and you have that little beam that shoots out of your sword and as soon as you take even a little bump of damage, you lose that ability. And it's like, fuck sakes, how the fuck am I taking damage when all I'm trying to do is walk through a village? Now I have to go back and find the fucking healing lady and go get my health filled up again because I don't want to leave town without having full health. So I have that little beam for fucking... I had some runs where I, I went a pretty long time without taking damage as long as I had my, my, my sword beam. But once you lose it, the game like quadruples as far as yeah. fucking you over. Oh, it was completely. so annoying. Um... Now, I will, also hate it in the village when, like, you just come across someone and you talk to them and they just say, like, hello. And it's just like, okay, why are you he- Why are you in the game? Mm-hmm. And the you thing have was, added nothing to this. And there was no way to skip through what they were saying. Like, you could, you could, like, skip out of it. But and then I realized, like, well, fuck, I bet you someone, like, there was a couple of times where someone would tell me, like, oh, uh, Gorku is in the woods. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I would find that guy or whatever the fuck the guy's name was. I don't remember now. Um, that would keep the game going. But it was like, okay, so then I can't skip what you fucking say, but a whole bunch of you would say like, please save our town. And you're just like, I'm just going to cut all of you and move in here and this is my town now. Because I fucking hate, like, God, it just took so long to get through some of the dialogue. And I was like, God, I fucking, uh. and, and the thing is, is like, I try not to shit on NES games for being NES games and having problems NES games had, but this is just, they tried so hard to do something so different from the first game. And Shigeru Miyamoto himself has come out and said that he doesn't think this is a good game. And I don't. I'm not willing to go that far. And this comes back to what I said off the top. I think this game is too bad to be good, but I also think there's enough good here to keep it from being bad. I've defended Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the NES ad nauseum on this podcast. And that what game, I will pardon? what I will say is I am super happy that this game did well because then the Zelda franchise got to continue right. and got to become what it is. So well, I'm grateful for what this game added to the franchise. 
and I'm grateful that it kept the franchise going. Well, I like that like they dropped experience points. I can't think of and you know Zelda better than me. Is there another Zelda game with like legitimate experience points? I don't think there is. No. Not that I could think of. But I do like like even thinking of Link to the Past, you can upgrade your health, you can upgrade your magic, your liter your magic meter and you can upgrade the power of your weapon by finding better weapons. So it kind of had those three things just in a much funner way. So I do think there's some stuff in this game that they took from it and used in other games. And I, and I really, really well, like and you it. even see, you even see stuff in the level pro- progression that you even see in breath of the wild. Like you were talking earlier that like, Oh, when you're leveling up stuff, like, Oh, it's more and more experience points each time you want to level something up or breath of the wild, their level up system was mostly about shrines, but you also had the Korok seeds to upgrade your inventory. And so every time you upgraded your inventory, it was more and more seed. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. So, like, we do kind of see, like, glimmers of this game in future titles. And I will, like, so, okay, because I kind of like to, like, there's some stuff about this game I really like, and I don't want to just crap on it. We'll crap on it again at the end when we score it. Although, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know. I'll tell you, man, I, I know I keep repeating myself, but, like, it's very rare. 99% of the time coming into an episode of this show, I, I know whether or not I like a game. I'm not sure if I'm going to say a game is like great or a masterpiece or just good or if it sucks or if it's really bad. But I usually know like, you know, like if, if, the, if, if like let's just say for argument's sake that like six out of ten is the line. I usually know like, OK, well, this game is clearly better than bad or this game is clearly worse than good. And I I don't I'm so fucking torn on this game because all the reasons we just talked about it, it's kind of shit but then there's also stuff first and foremost maybe i'm in the minority here i really like the graphics in this game like the way link looks tall instead of being this squished little weirdo that he is in most of the other games like like this is you see like breath of the wild link here you see twilight princess link here like he's yeah they were definitely adult. trying to they were trying they were definitely trying to like up the level of design of this game and that's why they went for the side scrolling perspective right which i respect but it didn't like i don't think it worked as a game like i mean cuz even when you think of like uh link's awakening like there's scenes in Link's Awakening, you know the parts in Link's Awakening where it goes to like platformer almost. Yeah, yeah. And Link is like the little child, the little chubby kid in that again. And then you play this, and like he's always like the full grown adult, and I really like that. And at times, at times, I really like the combat in this game. The problem I had with the combat in this game was that I found it got far too repetitive, far too fast. But I like the idea of like standing up and having the options of like, because the thing I think, and Link to the Past is one of my favorite video games ever. But I do think a fair ish criticism of those early, like that one in the original Legend of Zelda and Link's Awakening, the early top down Zelda games, is that the combat is kind of shallow. It's your, you can swing your sword, your sword goes what, like an inch on the screen tops, and you just need the enemy to come close to you. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas in this one, the way it's side scrolling, you can like it almost dude, there's parts where like these waving like horse heads come in from the side of the screen and like there's almost hints of like Castlevania there where it's like I can jump up and down and use a little bit of strategy and lure an enemy in and use my shield to dodge them and I don't know how well it, it plays completely in execution, but I like the I like where they were trying to go with the combat in this game. And then once you add in stuff like the pogo stick 
like where you can jump and put the sword like straight down and stuff like that. That was a big game changer for me because then I started using that. Like, That's a, that was a cool addition. And I like very much how they use that for Toon Link's animation in Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that mechanic. And like, I know a lot of people, when you think of that mechanic, you think of DuckTales. And I don't know off the top of my head if this game came out before DuckTales or not. But uh, I love that mechanic. Dude, once I got a hold of that, you know those fucking bouncing like glowing skull things that took like 80 hits to kill near the beginning of the game. Oh God. Yeah. Well, once you've got the, the, the jump, if you time it right, you get on top of them, you just hold down and you just pogo on them until they die. And then you get 50 experience points out of it. Yeah. That's so much better. Oh God. And that was when I started leveling up like crazy was that, or even dealing with like those fucking knights, uh, motherfucking knights where they like swing their sword. The the shields were like, and you kind of have to guess where their shield is going to be. And kind of hit them as they're moving toward you or you're moving toward them. It took me a long time to figure that out. Um, yeah, like they always move in the same pattern. It's just a difficult pattern to figure out. Yeah, yeah. But but like once you start picking up a couple other attacks, that comes in really handy. Um, I'll be honest with you. I I actually thought that the magic in this game was an awesome addition. Awesome. Awesome addition. Because once you started getting some extra spells... Like once you had the the ability to heal yourself, once you had the ability to turn into a fairy and then you could fly around anywhere you want really quickly and it made it easier to explore and stuff like that. You could add extra armor. You could give yourself the ability to jump higher. And in, in, a, in, a, in a small way, it almost had hints of Metroid to it where it was like, well, now I can get into areas I couldn't get in before and go do more exploring and find more power-ups and stuff like that. Um, oh, yes, absolutely. Like they... Like, I, I remember playing it being like, oh, yeah, this was made about the same time as the original Metroid. Mm-hmm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help, because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before, and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash remember the game. Yeah, I, I love the magic in this system or in this game. I thought it was really handy, particularly the healing spell, because once you can heal yourself, even if you only have enough magic to heal yourself one time, that changes the fucking game. Because now you're on the like I went from like, oh cool, if I find magic, then I can get I can use the armor spell more. But once I or the jump spell more, but once I had the ability to like refill my health out of it once. Now I'm like seeking out magic because I'm like, well, that's an extra life. Like that's going to buy me one more run at this. 
Uh, and that made a huge difference. And I actually, I don't know how many other people knew this, probably lots of people did, but I found a little, almost like a, not a cheat code, but like a time saver. Cause you know how you could go to the villages and like the, the young lady would heal your health and then the old lady would heal your magic. Um, yeah. well, once you had the ability to cure yourself with magic, you go talk to her. And then as soon as you come out of the house and your magic is filling up quickly, use your heal spell and then you'll heal your, heal your health, but the magic will just keep filling up. And then you don't have to go find the other lady. You can just stick to the old. Oh, lady. that's cool. Yeah. And I prefer older women anyway. So I was like, fuck yeah, this is, <laughs> I'm not interested in, in Becky down the street. I want fucking Gertrude and her magic restorating abilities. That was awesome. Becky. I want aunt Becky. Yeah. I want aunt. Mm, aunt Becky. Anyway, <laughs> now this podcast is getting fucking creepy. Um, so I really like the magic. I really like the graphics. I like the combat and uh, and I'll be honest with you. Aside from the incredible frustration that came from it, I I liked the the puzzle aspect. Like right at the beginning of the game, when you're walking on the path, and you can see when you go like you come out of the temple that you start the game in or whatever, and you walk to the right, and there's like a village, and then there's a boulder underneath them that's blocking the path. And it was like I fucking know at some point I'm gonna have the ability to break open that boulder, and then it kind of becomes a like. Okay, well, you have to go find the candle first. And then once you have the candle, now you can see the enemies that are in these caverns, and now you can keep moving on from there. Now you need the ability to jump, but you can't get the ability to jump until you have the candle. And and I and I I understand that as the game goes on, it gets a little bit frustrating because I got lost a few times, and I couldn't figure out where the fuck I was supposed to go. And then I tried to traverse this fucking world to figure out where I had to go, but then every time I took three fucking steps, more enemies would fucking show up, and it... But I like the concept of it. And it was the the sense of progression. Once I had the ability to break open a boulder, once I had the ability to get on a raft and shoot across the water, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, there were a lot of good ideas in this game. Yeah, there really was. I really... I would love to know... I want to know what they were thinking. Oh, right. I want to go back to my Turtles point. I've defended Ninja Turtles on the NES a million times. I know it's soul-crushingly difficult, but I stick up for it because I I, got to be honest, I respect, and I mean this even about bad games, I respect it when a game tries something different. And I don't love everything that Zelda 2 does, but I I really do respect the idea that it it didn't just play it safe and do the same thing because you could certainly argue, by and large, Link's Awakening, Link to the Past, and the original Legend of Zelda are very very similar games. I know there's different oh, settings, and stuff, right? Like there, whereas Zelda Two is is completely different. It's kind of like Mario Two, and we've gone over the whole origin of Mario Two and why it's so different a million times. But like I, I like it when games try to do something different. Every Turtles game after that original Turtles game is just a generic beat 'em up. And they're all fun, sure. But that original one had like puzzle solving and platforming and and I like it when they try to work in and each turtle handles a little bit different. And I like it when games try something like that. So well, well I and if anything, we we can see that the Zelda series is at its best when it tries something different. I mean, we disagree about Majora's Mask, but even if you look at games like Wind Waker or even maybe to a lesser extent, uh, Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess. Uh, games like A Link Between Worlds, like the Zelda, like whenever they think of a weird idea and they make it the scent like that we've never seen in a game before, and they're like, "All right, this is the new Zelda game." The game always, you okay? I won't say always. The game usually slaps. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And it's- I'm not too fond about of Phantom Hourglass or Spirit Tracks. 
but for the most part, I find that like that, like when Zelda games have like a central mechanic that's unusual that we've never seen before in a game, right. the game, the game around it is always very good. Yeah. And I don't like Zelda two, but I like that they started that design philosophy. Yeah, I really like that they didn't just release Zelda 1 again. Because, like, listen, Mario 3, I think everyone... Like, Mario 3 is one of the greatest video games of all time. But but Mario 3, when you boil it right down to it, is just the original Super Mario Brothers pumped full of steroids. And then Super Mario World is just that again. You know what I mean? And, like, I know there are people that criticize the Mario franchise for being too similar. And, frankly, there are people that criticize the Zelda franchise for sticking to a formula a lot, which they kind of do, but I, I, I they kind of do, but I don't know, if, but it's not in the same way that maybe call of duty sticks to a formula no, or Assassin's Creed sticks to a formula. No, of course not. Especially in today's day and age, like the annualized titles are fucking, I mean, I like some of them, so I'm not going to shit on it, but obviously that's a thing. But like, I, I, yeah, I just, I really like the way that they tried something different. And, and, and frankly, um, whether you think it worked or it didn't is is beside the point. The original Legend of Zelda sold like fire and was a real big success, and people loved it and all that good stuff. And so when they decided to make the sequel, I, I think it's really ballsy that they were like, hey, we have this game that people loved. Let's not do it again, and let's go crazy and try something different. Like, I'm never going to... I'll shit on a game for for shit, you know, for, for not liking it or for things I think it does wrong, but I'm always going to give a game props for trying something new. And I think that's really cool. And I think it's cool that they tried something like that. And I really, God, I would love to see this. I love the magic system. I love the exploration. I like the combat. I like the fact that it's almost like an RPG Zelda. And I know, because I don't feel like, some people classify the Zelda games as RPGs. By and large, I don't. I think they're more action games than RPGs. But I, this one is, plays a lot. Like it's, it's almost like Final Fantasy Zelda in some ways. And I, I would love to see them fucking just try this again and just balance it a little better. And just, uh, I would really, I really, I, I know I'm struggling to, to, and I, I very rarely met a loss for words on this show, but like, I don't hate this game enough to shit on it, but I don't love this game enough to suck its dick. I don't know what to do with this fucking game. Such a weird fucking title. It's, it's a very bizarre one. And I think, yeah, you, Pointed it like pointed it out right off the top. It's absolutely like the black sheep of the, the because there's no real there's no real firm consensus on this game. No, dude, I'm on the Wikipedia page right now, and the review scores sixty five, four and a half stars, three stars, thirty six out of forty, six out of ten, seven out of ten, seventy out of a hundred, ninety one. So, like, nobody is giving it under, like, a 6 out of 10, but about half of the reviews are in that 6 to 7, and the other half are, like, that 9 up. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't figure out what about this game clicks with some people and makes other people hate it. The only thing I can kind of think of is the difficulty, and I... I don't think this is the hardest fucking NES game I've ever played. It's difficult. It's, I think it's, I do personally, that's what keeps it from being a nine out of 10 for me is I've, I thought it was very repetitive and I thought that it took too long to figure out the patterns for it. 
But I also have talked about how much I like difficult games, and I love Battletoads, and I love the original Ninja Turtles, I love the Mega Man games, so it's not fair for me to sit here and shit on this game because it's too hard when I like hard video games. I think the difference is that I didn't find it fun enough to counterbalance the, the, the difficulty. Does that, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't, it didn't earn the time that you needed to put into it. No, and I, and I, I would like to, I don't know, we'll never know what the answer to this is, but I think a majority of the people that are fond of this game and love it probably grew up with it. Because it's, it's. I try to put myself in the 80s when I play a game from the NES, but like we all know how far the Zelda series has come, and it is really hard to go back to this and look at it objectively knowing how much better most of the games that come after it are. No, and that is the chat. Like, it's very challenging to try to play this game within the context of its time because what this came out, what maybe 87 was it? Uh, 80, I had it here. Yeah, yeah, North America 88. Yeah, Japan 87. 88. That was the year I was born. Like, I was in, yeah, it's but you know what though? Like, so on the on one hand, I'm saying that like it's it's easy to not shit on it for that, but on the other hand, it's like Mario games hold up. And I mean, Castlevania two fucking sucks, but Castlevania one and three hold up and Ninja Gaiden holds up. And I just, I don't know. I don't, I mean, this game is Castlevania two for Zelda. I I think it's, I think it's, I'm sorry guys. I hope that you don't think this episode sucks. I've never been more stumped on a game than I fucking am with this one. I would, I want to like it, but I don't. And, uh, well, me too, but like, it's a Zelda game. I love Zelda games. And then like playing this game, like, I remember when you were like, Hey, do you want to do Zelda two? I was like, okay, I'm finally going to get through this game. And I got halfway through and I'm like, can't, can't do more of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like eating an entire cheesecake in one sitting. It's like, this sounds like such a great idea. (laughs) And you get a halfway through through it and you're just like i hate this this is disgusting that's that's gonna win the next month patreon poll just adam eats an entire cheesecake in one sitting and then talks about it and well you know what fuck it if they the if, i'm way down to review that one too if you need someone for that <laughs> it uh yeah um the one cool little easter egg that i do like about this game I know I've spent the whole time shitting on it, but one thing I do really like, and I guess this is more of a praise for Ocarina of Time than anything, but I love that the villages are retroactively named after the characters from Ocarina of Time. Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah, like, there was, like, uh, the villages are all named after the seven sages in Ocarina. Oh, Fuck! Wow, I never caught that. I I don't know my Zelda. So like, uh, so obviously the sages in Ocarina were named after the villages in this game, but it's like kind of just a cool little like retcon thing they did. Wow, I didn't know. I I I had no idea. That's fucking really cool. Actually, that's awesome. Um, just looking at screenshots of this game, I think something I I think the thing that really maybe not the thing that turns me off the most about it is. I like the exploration and the puzzle solving, and I also really like the combat screens, but I hate the way that it pulls you in and out. I don't I don't care for that. I don't like the way that I'm walking around in the overworld. There's like this tiny little fairy looking thing, and then every time I touch a bad guy, it has to load up the combat screen, and then I fight enemies, and then it comes back. And I understand that's yeah, normal in like an RPG. Like, and oh God, thank fuck. 
this game just doesn't have random encounters. It kind of does because they, they pop up at random and you have to dodge them. But like if this game just had straight up random encounters where you're just walking and then it like and then you have to go to like a combat scene. I would give this game like a two out of ten. I'd I'd be. But also, how does any game have random encounters after like this? Like this game was an NES game, and it showed that like you could have like random encounters without having random encounters. If that makes sense. Yeah, but but like but even like the original Zelda, I love that. Like I walk into a new part of the map, and the enemies like and they show up and then I can decide what I want to do. Do I want to fight them? Do I want to move away? Whereas like in this one, it's like, I got to walk, like, especially when I was grinding, I got to walk around aimlessly on the map till the bad guys pop up then try to walk into one of them. And it was, I felt, I just, I respect it for trying, man. But I, there's just so, what a weird fucking, I would love, you know what I would love to know, Mark? What would people think of this game if it wasn't Zelda? If this was just the adventures of Fred. If this was called like, yeah, the, the adventure of Fred, and it was just a generic action game, and I and I, mean I don't it. think people would be talking about it still. I think people would say it was a Zelda wannabe. Yeah, I wonder. Like, and I think that like we would have long forgot. Like, the only reason people remember this is because it's part of the Zelda franchise, which of course is massive. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's this game is like. This game is like the Ralph Wiggum diorama of the Zelda game. What's a playable video game? It, Zelda and Link yeah. and Ganondorf. They're all here. Just, <laughs> I love that. I love that <laughs> analogy. Yeah, like I'm reading the, the, like the summations on the Wikipedia page and stuff and like, overwhelming people are like sure like it's good it's an any it's a good nes game and it is dude there's a lot of sh- like i refuse to put this game in the class of like the nes garbage it's not it's not garbage but i just don't like it enough to put it in that fucking it's like a c this game is a hard like i you know what i feel like this game is the line now is a game better than adventure of link then it's good is a game worse than adventure of link then it's bad. It's like, oh, you it's know what? Right I like th- that. You know I, what I, mean? I think I can agree with you on that one. It, this has become, I feel like this game is kind of the official. Remember the game measuring stick. And I, cause I just, I, this is like the, this is the true zero of like game. Yeah. Cause like, it, I just don't know what to think of this game, man. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. Like I don't regret playing it. I'm glad, I'm glad I played it. Uh, I probably put 20 hours into it. I don't really have an urge to go back because of the repetition, because I know that like I'm going to die and I know that when I do, I got to fucking hoof it back to where I was, fight my way through the fucking dungeon again, or now I got to go find this missing magical thing, whatever the fuck it is that I'm missing. And I don't know where it is. And I don't feel like looking it up and I don't want to explore this fucking, this world. I feel like this game was designed to be the only game you played for a while. Like it was designed to be like, this is the game you got for Christmas and you're going to put, and and I'll be honest with you, man, people that have wrote into the show about this game have said when I was a kid, I played it over and over and over and I figured it out and I get why you probably would love it. Then I'm not doing that. I've got like, I'm good. I've got my fill. I'm good. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost frustrated by this episode because I don't know what I fucking think. Of this game. I feel like I have a dark link 
And there's like there's light Adam who's like the game's not all bad, and there's dark Adam who's like this game fucking sucks, and we're and we're fighting, but we both have the same two moves, so neither one's hitting a fucking anyway. It's true. It's it, it's one of those games. There's so much that they did that was right about this game, yeah. just in terms of like world building and exploration, and like yeah. like the end, like and it looks so much better than the original but then there's just so much that like didn't work or doesn't age well so you yeah know what? it's one of it's, it's hard it's hard to discount it because it does have that nintendo polish yeah but it's behind the game that is so frustrating to play it's funny because like link to the past is my favorite zelda and and obviously it's it's styled after the original legend of zelda with that top down and i, and I adore it there is part of me that's like what if they had styled the link to the past after this? Like, what did it like? I, and like, because I, I will say I, I, there are aspects of this game, the RPG style aspects. I, that some of them I like better than what the normal Zeldas do. So I'm like, fuck, what would, what would, what would link to the past have been like if they had decided to model it after this? Like, I think frankly, for all of you that love this game and we're going to score this thing and wrap it up. But I, I think that there's a reason Nintendo went back to the original Legend of Zelda art style and, and, and mechanics for Link to the Past and Link's Awakening as opposed to doing this. I, and the, the re- I, but like, I think I, like I think that if they modeled this game after or if they modeled Link to the Past after uh, Zelda Two, it would have looked more like Link's Awakening. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. I don't fuck. What a weird fucking game. Um. All right. Well, how the fuck are we even gonna score this? Fuck me. Um, We're getting, this is a true. This is a perfect true zero. This is the yeah. line. That's how you score it. Y- yeah. I. You know what? I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I'm. Gonna, you know what? I'm gonna absolute, go with that. Like if you mark. If you're. If you're grading out of ten, it's an absolute five. Yeah. It's not five point one. It's not four point nine. It's absolute five. Yeah. I'm on board with that. I'm not gonna. We're not even gonna give it a number. We're gonna. Uh, you know what? And for you, for you people that are diehard fans of this game, then I want you to know that like. I don't hate it. This has become the measuring stick for which all other games will be mastered or put up against. And if you're better than this, you're going to get a good episode of the show. And if you're worse than this, angry Adam's going to show his ugly face and scream into the microphone and do all that shit. Because yeah, like to, I'm going to wrap it up with the exact same thing I said at the beginning. It's too good to be bad. And it's too bad to be good. What a weird fucking game but i'll be honest with you man it's been one that's been on my radar for a long time that i knew eventually we were gonna have to cover and i wasn't sure what to think of it and i still don't know what i think of it but i feel better to know i feel better knowing that it's done do you know what i mean it felt therapeutic to talk it out yeah yeah it did um and if this is your first ever episode of the podcast everybody which i'm there probably will be because i know we get some new listeners whenever we pop a new zelda episode up I don't think there's another episode of the podcast in the 150, we'll be 155, 155 previous episodes, because I think this will be episode 156. I don't think there's ever been an episode where I was less confident in my opinion of a game than I am this one. I just, I don't know what the fucking, I don't know what, what a weird fucking game. Um, Very bizarre. I'm done. Mark, listen, you're. I know you're a huge Zelda fan. Now you can officially cross Zelda 2 off your list. Are there any Zeldas yet left that you haven't played yet? Other than the um, weird like CDI ones and shit? The CDI ones I haven't played and... They don't count. They're like Alaska and Hawaii. Like those aren't really states. 
I never finished. Uh, I never finished um, uh, 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 Spirit Tracks. Okay. Or Phantom Hourglass. But that's it, eh? But like, I played them. I just didn't like them enough to get through them. So this must feel good for you then, because you finally you're done. You can, yeah. You can, you can put this one to bed. You have played Legend of Zelda: Adventure of Link. Or Zelda I've played 2, the whatever. whole collection now. Oh fuck, weird game. All right, buddy. Um, thanks a lot for doing this, man. I appreciate it. And um, well, as always, thanks for having me. Uh, when you actually open the doors to the Mark McHugh Hall of Fame, uh, let me know because I would like to sit across the street. And just chant shit at you guys because I'm not in it. <laughs> so, all right? Deal. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks for having me. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Mark, thank you so much for giving me a call, talking Zelda 2 with me and every single one of you hot dogs right now. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it very, very much. If you're a huge Zelda 2 fan, I hope we weren't too hard on your game. If you hate Zelda 2, uh, I hope that maybe we didn't... Well, yeah, I'm not going to say. I, I don't I don't know. It's one thing if you love a game and I come in here and shit on it, then I always feel kind of like, I hate it when people shit on my favorite game. So that sucks. But if you hate a game and then I come in here and say it's not that bad, same thing I did with Final Fantasy VIII, which I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Final Fantasy VIII does not deserve half the shit that it takes. Um, then I don't know. Keep hating, I guess. But I don't think it's that bad. I, I don't love this game, but I don't hate it. This, Like we just said, this is the bar now. If it's worse than Zelda 2, it's a bad game. If it's better than Zelda 2, it's a good game. I, God, I would love to see this fucking game get remade so bad. Uh, and forget Skyward Sword. Remake fucking Zelda 2. So anyway, uh, that'll do it. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you like the podcast and you want to support us and you want more, a lot more, consider signing up over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash remember the game. It's very quick. It's fairly, I mean, their website kind of sucks, but the subscription serve like the, the process of signing up doesn't suck too bad and you'll get instant access to well over a hundred podcasts you can just download right onto your phone game patch episodes expansion pass episodes game reviews comedy video game episodes ranking lists they're all over there you can find the full list at rememberthegamepodcast.com which is where you can also find our merch if you're interested and it's where you can find our p.o box address if you're interested shoot me a letter or postcard let me know where you're listening i'll send you a postcard back and we'll be friends and follow me on twitch Member the game, not remember. Member the game on twitch.tv. It's completely free. It'll tell you when I'm online and you can come by and break my balls while I suck at video games in front of the world. That'll do it for this week's episode. We'll be back next week with episode 157, which, assuming we get the episode recorded between now and this time next week, will be all about Jet Set Radio for the Sega Dreamcast. I know, fucking Sega Dreamcast. What? Uh, otherwise it'll be about something else but hopefully jet said radio all right thanks for listening everybody i will talk to you again soon cheers remember the game is brought to you by our patreons we could not have grown the podcast like we have without all of your support so i would like to take a moment to thank everyone that has supported us at patreon.com slash remember the game so a huge thank you to Dave, Makeshift, Money, Joe, Buck, Ben, Drinkin', Sharonic, Andre, Stupid, Monkey, Freezer, Burnt, Tyler, Michael, Mathis, Fake, McHugh, Joshua, Shenfield, Jeffrey, Mathis, Shaley, 
Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, Jin and Chris, James Clark, Sean Razine, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Joe Gillespie, Nathan Warzica, Ashley Cronenbitter, Ben Bullio, Slick Rick, Evan Refuse, Doug Dorn, Chris Fleury, Josh Morgan, Scott V, Rex Sheldon, Andrew Wright, Gary C, Divalk, Luca, Kate Roberts, They Call Me Badger, Joe Mack, Desert Tortoise, Jordan, Dylan, Du Howe, Kevin Hufford, Jason Cortez, The Good Enough Gamer, Fraser Burns, Brian McKay, Alex Martinez, April Sane, Nick Sills, Vlad Steen, Kyle Paul, Mark 209, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Matt Brown, Ben Boucher, Adam Anderson, Aaron Cuphall, Dan T, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Mackenzie Wheeler, Brandon O'Brien, Chris Campbell, Chuck Schlarp, Wyman Brooks, Yamcha, Scott Brooks, Leon K, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Adam O'Shirello, Dario Oman, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Miklos Blackshaw, The T Word, Michael Hag, Mr. Nick, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, White Burrow, Chris Knife 007, Nathan Tremblay, Mark Jones, A Town, Andre SJA Flash, Brian Medeiros, Tom Kite, Danny Vega, David Ray, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Ryan Yeager, John Quack, Zane Donovan, Adam J, S2S, J Bear, Arpad Bodos, Ryan Kinchin, Tommy Reynolds, Mike Maloney, Christopher Russell, Ryan Bayshore, Retro Ghosty Ghost, X Water, Vincent L, Very Cool Dude, J Clutch, Star Robin, Tim Riel, The Giraffe, Jared, PB McFadden, G9 PSX, Tim L, Dominic S. Thompson, Martin Greenwood, David Schnatterer, Wolverine Films, Peebs, Silver Grunion, Mr. Satan, Raging Demon, Poops Loomis, 8-Bit Bubby, Pat Duddy, MPG in Buffalo, James Anderson, Amy Gillen, Dana Wucherall, That One Kid Nick, Potato Bob Guy, Mad Shibs, Mercury869, Derek Jane, Rodrigo Tomazzi, Kelly, Jesse Clark, Pi Messiah, Sean Clifford, The Honest Pokemon Trader, Bracken Newcomb, Zoo Troy, M Felf, A Novel Console, Kayfabe5150, Example Text, AJ Jones, AJ Freeman, JB Retromania, Freddy Martinez, Ferdy Martinez, ah fuck, I made it that far with screwing one up, Ferdy Martinez, Brian Robbins, Troy Zuniak, Brendan Hine, Boognish, Wolfgang Darren, Lunch, Ninja Lunchbox 79, Mr. Meeseeks 0406, Derpimus Prime, Seriously Ron P, Sam Wright, Retro Bismol, Andy Hudson, John Byrne 86, Joshua Davis, Stephen, Stephen Fukasawa, Thor the Hammered, Kinslayer, Rogue Agent, Jafar McJr, Mega Man 2 OG, Good A, Goth C, Dane, Aaron Baker, Lord Finish, KJM, Electronic Emotions Program, Chris Coplin, Spencer C. Weiss, Murat Pepper, Cody Poland, JMC, Logan Hale, Doogie, Matt McLean, Pizza Power, Super Nintendo Dudes, Nathan Freak, Mike Burks, Trevin Seven Oaks, Trevor Seven Oaks, Ryan McCowan, Kerry Wakawawa, Fob, Paul Zoe, Wolf Magic 2K, Wolf Magic K21, Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlond, Raul Aguilar, I worked at Subway, David Phillips, Corey Street, Gary Heather, Squints, John DeShazo, Tent Sparkster, Omega 88, Swedish Fish, Swedish Fish, Nathaniel Shelley, Explode Processing, Captain Cool, Tim Shambo, Joseph Gonzalez, Lee Spilling, Dan Wagner, Daniel McKee, Candido, K Cuz, Guest House Productions, Bones 02, S2 Von 5000, Titan 420, Jose E. Marco, Seth Mayfield, Tom Calvert, Chris Freeman, Kyle Bolton, Scarlett, Zonko 504, Lee Sparks, A Sharp J, Oprah's Iron Fist, Tom Maya, Adam Ferrer, L. Sock, Russell Aldridge, Chris Dory, Classic Crusade, Big G, Shannon Willis, Scott Roseberry, Karth from KOTOR, Sean Radford, Chance McCoy, Hammond Agger, Ronnie Sachs, Paul, Jeff Bergeron, Ian Watts, Dale Baker, Joe Kirby, Captain Ends Mega Man, Owen the Game, Furchuck, Super Dave, Plucky Beast, Matthew Day, Harmonies David, Game Nomad Messi, Tristan, Jerry Robinson, Emily Luna, Kenneth Michael Brown, Leigh Evans, 
Daniel Stidham, Nerdy Retro Gamer 86, Paul Holder, Darth Obvious, Master Boyg, Leon Nabskog, Trapper Keeper 1000, Daniel Astro Alpica, Rob Strothman, Ryan Groinus, Kaiser Dragon, Pee Pee Poo Poo Cuckoo Pants, Kyle Dodd, Jared Bushlin, Benjamin Johnson, Stu Bergerick, Fuck, I suck at this. Eden Awaits 1981, Tunable Power, Borrow, The Gray Bearded One, Dan Taylor, Swanny, Swanny, Hayes 87, Lukey Mole, Danny Proudfoot, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Angel Cortez, Dusty Salad, Chris Meisner, Randy Barrage, Neo Nevis, Andy Spilling, Brian Spritzer, Michael Clark, Inhuman Sumo, Chalupa Cabra, Thomas Simmons, Sean Byron, Rocker Dude, Saskatch- Saskatchewan River Pirate, What Great Gaming, Mikey NL83, I Am the Mutt, Juga, Sony Kid Magazine, Brian Sherborne, Joseph Champetti, Adam Fisher. Oh my god, that's a lot of names, and I probably fucked up half of them, but thank you very much for the, the support, everybody. I really appreciate it. I'll record another week, one of these at the beginning of August, and uh, I'm sure I'll screw up a bunch of your names again, but thank you guys. You're the best. Love you. Cheers.